Ah, When you were little, did you want to be Morticia because she's so beautiful? Ah, I and Gomez is so sexy. He's one of those like um his stupid little mustache and how sexy they were together. Were any yeah. couple as sexual as Mortician Gomez? Not even Samantha fucking Jones. Truly. That's the show about the superhero girl. <laughs> I don't I didn't watch it. Are but, you serious? <laughs> Wait, everyone Samantha watched it. Samantha Jones is Sex in the City. Oh. <laughs> Jessica Jones, I think. That I That's love what I'm thinking that of. one. I love, I love, I love me some Marvel. I just, I knew when I was a kid, I was like, <laughs> That's a good Jones. marriage. Yeah, they were. I, I think it's given me, unfortunately, like an unrealistic expectation of a relationship. You're still looking for your Gomez. I went on a date last night, and but it was with cousin it. It was cousin it. It's not what I wanted, you know? No, he was fine. Covered in fur. He were, no, this is a controversial opinion. He came in, he's a musician, and he was wearing a lot of rings, which is concerning. I A lot of rings? Mm-hmm. Like a man with a lot of rings. Like he had two rings that were like, one was black, one was gold, like a prominent. Nope. See, I feel that way if a man wears a I bri- think he would have sat down and I would have gone, nope. Oh, I always stay. I always stay for the whole thing. Um... If a guy were to show up to me and he had a leather bracelet on, if he had any brace, I'm a or se- shell necklace. Uh, that if it's ironic, I'm kind of into it. Like if it's a joke and has like lost a bet, sure, sign me up. There is nothing redeemable about a man wearing a bracelet. I don't care. The only <laughs> acceptable bracelet that a man can wear. One time, I I was in a car, car, and there was a guy in the front seat. And he thought he was hot shit. And I looked out the window and he just had like four bracelets on. And I was like, mm. I truly, fully threw up in my mouth. But the only acceptable bracelet a man can wear is one of the rubber bracelets because someone in his family has cancer. Right. I well, stand by that. You I can think, quote me. And I feel uh, that if you don't have masculine hands, you really can't do rings. You have to have like oh, sausage finger point. hands that are like I could break like a chicken's head off with these hands. So it's okay that I'm gonna wear a couple rings. Matt has really feminine fingers. Yeah. So he doesn't have a wedding ring. He doesn't have a wedding ring. I just but I said the no. only acceptable ring is a wedding ring, and chances are I'm not going not on a fucking date. Not if you have lady date. fingers. Not if I'm going on a date with them. I don't want a wedding ring. You feel? That's I mean, anyway, so I went on a date last night and I, and I really should listen to my bladder. I walked, it was all outside, mm-hmm. still observing the rules and I should have peed at the bar before my 20 minute walk home. I should have. Okay. You wanted to get the fuck away from I rings. just was like, I don't want him to wait. I I didn't hate it that much. Watch me start to date him and be like, listen you can't to listen you. to episode 56. I didn't 56. hate it that much. Honestly, that's, like I said, I've been going for the Gomez's, and I don't think the Gomez's are, like, uh, I don't think the Gomez's are a thing for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think I'm seeking a Gomez, and maybe I need to seek with, like, um, anybody else that I can't think of. So, I, anyway, so I didn't pee. He peed. 
I waited. I wish he said goodbye and then peed, but he, like, didn't know where... Whatever. So I left, and I was walking home, and I really had to pee. And I started freaking out and getting really nervous. So I popped a squat on the side of 4th Avenue on oh, the way did? back. Oh, of course I did. I, oh. I I went... There's, like, a little dumpster by, like, a Pet Boys, mm-hmm. and I dropped trow. It was, like, a little wall, and I peed as quick as I could. Mm-hmm. But it, I really had to pee. My sister, Brianna, can pee anywhere. It's really impressive. Like, you can be There's standing. There's so much about her that's impressive, I truly. Know. She's really a wild card. You can be standing on a busy New York street talking to her, and she'll just, like, kind of squat while she's looking at you and pee. Like, wait, so she'll pee, like, while talking to you? She'll, like, be wearing a dress and just pee. But she also will be like, oh, pull over the car. I have to pee. And she'll just pee. Like, it's she can just pee. (laughs) And one time when we were visiting my parents in Hawaii and I was with all my sisters in a car, um, she was like, stop, I have to pee. She gets out and pees. And the woman, we were in bad traffic, I think. And the woman behind was, like, laughing and took pictures. And Whitney, my other sister who was in the Army. Yeah. And is a badass. She fucking handles But also has dogs. dealt with real harassment yeah. stuff in her life. Went so crazy on this woman. She pulled up to her, like, made her roll down her window and was like, I saw what you did. I saw you took a picture. Um, I'm going to call the police because actually what you did is pedophilia. <gasps> My sister's underage. Not true. Brianna's like God, I love Whitney for time. this. But she, I mean, she could pass. She's like, "My sis- what you did is pedophilia. My sister's underage and you were taking an inappropriate picture of her against her will. Like, she went to town on this I woman. I love that. Where that's woman that's where lies so are so appropriate. Embarrassed. And like, made her go into her phone and erase it. Brianna could give a shit, I think. But Whitney's like, <sighs> Not oh, on my watch. No. Yeah, not on my not watch. Not on my fucking watch. Whitney, you want Whitney on your side. <laughs> Just like I want God on my side. She's very like God. I, uh, dear readers, big update for Carrie. Bangs! I got bangs! She bangs, she bangs. <laughs> and God love my siblings. I first called my mom and she was like, oh, I love it. And I think it was because as a child she gave me bangs a lot. So, so you I look think, like her baby. I look like her baby. No, she, then she kept being like, you look like a 31-year-old. And I was like, so I look old? Like, what are you saying? You look great. I was afraid it looks... I think it looks a little mommy. Oh. Let me see what you think. No. Mommy? Like a little mom. No. I don't see the mom thing. As I told you, it does make your hair look darker. Yeah. And I know that you love being a blonde. It's not that I love being a blonde. I feel like it's a part of my identity. And they just have more fun. They have more fun. I did have that shirt from Urban Outfitters growing up. Um, but I also think I was made fun of for being a dumb blonde that I I want to, like, wear People my... People do that still? Are you kidding me? Growing up? That was, like... I mean, it's... Listen, God, out of things to thing. get teased about, it's seriously not the worst. The things to be assumed about you... Certainly isn't the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it sucked. Like, you know, I never I never thought I was smart in school. Really? Yeah. It got to you? Uh, maybe, maybe it's because part of my family's experience is, like, you're not special. But, like, I, yeah, I didn't, I, I always thought I was dumb. Like, I, I guess it, I did get in there. 
it did get in. It didn't, I didn't hear I'm a dumb blonde and think, fuck, no, I'm not. And I have all these proof, 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 proof. I was like, oh, maybe I am. Oh, because it was always said when you when you made like a stupid mistake or like the fucking thousands of times on this podcast, I've said the wrong thing. I mean, listen, I've said it once. I'll say it before. It's like it's that. And when someone when you do something like that, when you slip up and someone's like, "Ugh, dumb blonde moment. And you're like, OK, like, OK, OK. So it's like they're there when they made fun of me for it. There was proof. Does that make sense? I guess so. It's, it just makes me so glad to be a grown-up. It's that feeling of, like, just thinking of any memory from middle school and being like, whoa, <sighs> it's so great to be a grown-up where you can make a dumb fuck-up. And if someone makes you feel bad about it, they're the dummy that you're like, whoa, that person sucks. And you feel, like, fine. It took me going to... Because I felt that way in junior high. I think we all did. I mean, some people fucking soared in junior high. Our friend Jen was like, that was a great time in my life. Oh, awesome. I remember just being mean in junior high and not mean in a way that... I I wasn't... I was mean in a sense that I was a 12-year-old girl where when you made fun... We were all mean. We were all mean because we were all scared. And, and if we, we were being mean to someone else, it nobody meant not... was being to us. Yep. And it was like, I remember oh, one of my best friends, who's still one of my best friends to this day, I I was making fun of how she looked in the bathroom, and she was in the stall. And I remember no. the dance. I remember what she was wearing. I remember how her hair looked. I remember literally all of it. I remember being downstairs at McClure. Like, I remember her face. And how bad I felt. And this was in... She came out of the bathroom. Like, you saw I was, what you I had done. I said that, and then, yeah. You knew what you had done right away. Yeah. Damn it. That is so dark, man. It's dark, but, like, I'm so glad I have that, because... Because you were like, that doesn't feel good. That was, like, and it's that it's that thing that comedians talk about, of, like, being a troll online. And, and how I, there's no ramifications. You no don't see the hurt. tears fall. You don't have you to face-to-face. You don't see, to like, face. the betrayal of your best... I've known her since I was born. And I'm 12 years old, and I talk shit about her. And, and like, it... I'm so... I'm grateful for it, because I think it fucked me up enough, and how bad it made me feel, that it's, like... I don't want to do that again. Now when I talk shit about friends, I make sure no one is around. You know what I mean? Like, it changes. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I remember. And, I, and she, I know she remembers. We've talked about it in our adult life. You yeah. know? I've talked to him, like, I felt horrible. Uh, it must be so nice, though, that, to still know her and have the opportunity to always apologize for it. Yes. And be like, I love you, and, and see how, like, dumb it is now. And right. Because a lot of the people that I can't necessarily like recall specific instances but that I'm sure I did the identical thing to yeah. made them feel bad or watch somebody make them feel bad and not stand up for instead them instead of defended yeah. and th- those are people that I don't know anymore and I'll never get the opportunity to be like boy that sucked huh like sorry about I'm that sorry about that I was so insecure like there's a I, I, I went to school. I didn't realize, again, I, my fr- like I said, I've had a lot of my childhood friends, and they've stayed my friends until now. And mm-hmm. I'm fucking, I love them. They're my fam. They're not my friends. They're my family. That's just the thing. And I, when I went to college, I thought everyone was like that. I mm-hmm. thought when you were a friend to someone, you were a capital F-R-I-E-N-D, a fucking friend. 
And it wasn't until I got to college that I was with a bunch of sociopath theater kids. There's uh, one specific, I, I will not name names, unless you be a Patreon subscriber, sure, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> we'll let all the Patreon you, subscribers uh, Patreon, know who uh, Just was. let me know if you want to know who it is, I'll give you her name, just it's fine. Just some of the terrific perks of being <laughs> one of the, a Patreon one subscriber. One of the perks. Um, and... I remember I, I trusted this person and I told her some like deep, like I told her that I thought I was falling in love with my first boyfriend and my first boyfriend had just broken up with the girl. It was a whole thing. She and I, are it's a thing. And he came up to me like a couple, like a week later and was like, did, did you tell her that you thought you were falling in love with me? And I was like, what? Like, I, I didn't even tell you that. I, what? And he just said, you know, I think you should know that I found out about it. And I think you should just be careful what you tell her. Like, he did it to be like... that's really nice that he went about it that way. Really sweet. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. It didn't work out, obviously. Good guy. Um, Not a Gomez, but, you know, a good guy. Yeah, (laughs) Um, he wasn't your Gomez. He wasn't a Gomez. He wasn't. But he was a good starter Gomez. He was a good Gomez Jr. for the first boyfriend. But um, I thought everybody was a friend like my friends were. And it wasn't until college that I had a rude awakening that that people were mean and wouldn't have your best interest in mind. It was like I didn't think I'd be living the seventh grade growing pains when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Do you know what I mean? I didn't think. But, yeah. I, but I guess we all are. You know, we all are. We all have to figure it out sometime. That is so crazy. Isn't that gross? Yeah, I don't think anything that bad happened to me that late. It wasn't, th- I mean, really, it's hard. It wasn't, it was, it was awful. But I think like anything, it's like, you know, I, I chose to like, let her leave my life. And I, and I think that that was a lesson too of like. Oh my God, some- I feel like you murdered her the way you just yeah, said that. I yeah. chose to let her leave my life. I chose to let her leave my life on my okay, terms. Dexter. You know what I mean? Not her terms necessarily, but definitely on my terms. <laughs> um, R.I.P. R.I.P. to beep <laughs> <laughs> oh god can we just do that it's so low budget sure. i love it okay are we gonna oh by the way you're listening to truly darkly green that's carrie Ippema. and that's quinlan posner and i go first today you go primero i'm gonna tell you the story of Paige bergfeld do you know it no but i'm excited about this i got my information from cbs news Chilling Crimes. <laughs> Sorry, there's a website called Original. As in L- N-U-L-L? Like Origin O-L, it's spelled. So I, was, I just didn't want to say it. That's relief. Original. Original. <laughs> Original. <laughs> Denver Post. Disappeared Blog. And something called, another weird one, Graduates.com. So clearly all, right. all these are VV reputable sources. Listen, I went everywhere. Except for Wikipedia. Didn't go there. Did it, you said not today, Satan? Nope. We don't they're not saying we love them. Taking a break. Um <laughs> Basically, Paige, what you should know about her is she's like a really nice, good mom. She spends a lot of time with her kids. Um This is how I know that this is gonna be our protagonist. 
because you said she's a really good mom and not like um, she's a super mom. I know we had a full debate about what makes a mom a fucking super People mom. People would call Paige Bergfeld a super mom. That I will not because the connotation to me is that a little bit a negative and weird. Yeah, it's not great. She met her husband, uh, Rob Dixon, in 1997. And he, she was like, this guy's a catch. He <laughs> she found no it's not her gomez oh no he already had some business success his father had a business and he had like a good amount of loot they get married fast and they start their family right away and they move to grand junction colorado and it sort of turns out that rob is a big spender He's not a saver. He's a spender. He spent all he's the money. He's a big spender. Yeah. He's not super savvy with the finances. His spending habits make her nervous. So she's like, I think I should probably try to make some money too. She starts um, a little dance company or business. I think the name of it I object to, which is Brain Dance. I would like it if it was... Um... Bergfeld Follies. I would like it to like not... Like Ziegfeld Follies. Oh, I Because get it. it's Bergfeld. Hmm. But she missed that opportunity and called it Brain Dance. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Right? Pass. Um, she also, like, it does kind of, like, Tupperware parties. It's like a version of that. She basically sells kitchen equipment from... The dance studio? No, from her home. That's a different job. She's like, it's fusion. <laughs> It is brain dance, after all. <laughs> a little dance, a little blender. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's, like, getting all these little jobs. The money thing's not getting better, so she's just, like, working harder and harder, and he's spending like a baller. And they're fighting. So in October 2004, they're having one of their fights, and she calls the police, and she says, my husband and I were in a fight, and he wanted the children to stay with him, and he said that I would come home and find them all murdered. <laughs> That's not so. She says that they have that on okay. record. Is That's she, not great. Is she? Do we believe her, or is she trying to like make a plan for no, getting no, out? No. I think that this happened, but I also, to be clear, then the police come and she like doesn't press charges, and they don't like no right. charges are filed. It's like they had a fight, and he was like, "I'm going to kill everybody." If I, if Matt called the police every time I threatened murder, <laughs> like, <laughs> man, like I'd be in pretty big trouble at this You'd point. You'd be given birth in the jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, but a year later, this is big deal. A year later, she calls again and she says they got in a fight and he pushed her and he punched her. And when he was when he punched her, she was holding their baby. Oh, so that's fuck like you. Is his name Rob? His name is Rob. Fuck you, Rob. Classic, right? Classic Rob. Classic Rob. Not cool, bro. <sighs> no Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas. And he... you can quote me on that. He gets uh, arrested and he gets sentenced to an anger management course. And it's not a movie, so that doesn't fix everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He doesn't, like, make a quirky best friend in the course. Yeah, or, like, like a manic pixie dream woman who, like, changes him and lets him see the value of his wife and children. I should write this movie. Um, Actually, they just get divorced. That's how that ends. Right. And he moves to Philadelphia, and that's in 2006. Paige also has this Pampered Chef website. That's where she's, like, selling the kitchen stuff. I'm familiar with Pampered Chef. She writes on a message board on the website, (gasps) my children would ask me if dad was going to kill me. 
I can't imagine what they were thinking life would be like after he killed me. She's broadcasting, like, his bad behavior by telling the police, by putting it on this message board. I just thought you should know that. I think anything that anyone says on a Pampered Chef website should be fodder for true crime comedy podcasts. So once she gets divorced, she's working even harder, right? Right. Because she's now really supporting the family. She's running her own business. She's working her ass off. The kind of sweet, fun thing is that she doesn't have just one ex-husband. She has another ex-husband, and it's not... Get ready. It's not Rob, because it's Ron. (gasps) She's got a type. She's going to date a Raj next. Ron Beagler was her high school sweetheart. And after this divorce, they end up seeing each other again. And he had been her first love. And she was feeling like she was falling in love with him again. Also, like, kind of great if you're used to having sex with someone for so long, probably like she was with Rob. It would be nice in the middle of sex when she's like, oh, Ron. You know, she could change it. Change it. That's really smart. Thank you. So on June 28th, 2007, she has a date with... Ron, it's, it's going to be hard for me this to keep this straight. Tough. This is going to be a tough um, one. And they are meeting between their two houses in Colorado at a rest stop. Sounds pretty romantic, right? Oh, Ron. Um, but I guess it's got like, it's Colorado, so it's a pretty view. They're going to have a picnic. They're going to spend part of the afternoon together. They meet up and Ron says that while they were together, her phone was ringing a bunch, like constantly. And she's finally like, I got to go. So... She drives back home, and on the way home, it's like a couple-hour drive. She talks to him at 9 p.m. and is like, blah, 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 see you soon. I'm almost home. Okay. It's now 11 p.m. at night, and she's not home. And her daughter's eight at the time Mm -hmm. and is like, where's my mom? And they call her. She doesn't pick up. Cell phone records show that Paige was just a few miles from home. When she made the call to Ron at nine. Mm -hmm. So she was telling the truth about where she was, but she doesn't make it home. She disappears. Ron doesn't know this. He tries to call her the next day. It goes straight to voicemail like the phone's off. He waits like another day and then hears that she hasn't been home. Now he's concerned. Her family's concerned. Her kids are concerned. Everybody's like, let's report her missing. Right. Okay. The Mesa County Sheriff, after looking at what her life is like, is skeptical that she walked away from it. Right. She was a mother of three, and she cared a lot about her kids. The dad says, my daughter, if she had two broken legs, she'd crawl on her elbows to get to her children. Yeah. So the authorities are going to look at whoever's closest to her, obviously. So Ex-husband. Rob and Ron. Or, like, top of the list. Right. Yeah, Ron, she was with that day and called her right before. It would make sense for them to investigate his whereabouts. Good and now Rob's I. her ex-husband that she was like, he's always chef. trying to yeah. murder me. That guy, that man, he keeps but saying he'll kill me. Remember I said he moved to Philadelphia? He has an alibi. Oh, and shit. He's, and he's in, like, a different fucking state far away. So, I didn't no hear chance. you when he said he moved to Philadelphia. I don't know if you said that. I think I did. Okay, well, we'll You play should it listen back. harder. <laughs> the bangs are getting in your way honestly my ears it's so hard I'm paying attention to them I'm like are they straight are they crazy are they kooky are they all together spooky the fact that the police are like oh maybe it's this n- new love back in her right. life oh, 
Rob, Ron, whatever his name is, <laughs> the new boyfriend. Ron is the new boyfriend. Are you sure? Yes. That's what you've been telling me the whole time. So Ron. Ron is the guy she just left the date with. He, they're like, I think it's, maybe it's this guy. And her whole family's like, um, maybe not. They legit <laughs> seem in love. We've known him forever. And like this them getting reunited like he just seemed super happy to be with her yeah <laughs> like no weird gain on this for him yeah they just had a great date like what's what's the narrative there for why that would happen police then are kind of at a dead end they get a phone call that someone saw a car lit on fire in a parking lot and they go to this empty lot no. and it's Paige's car the fire was started from inside the car they um, find a planner in it, her planner, and weirdly, it's not like toasted. It's like in pretty good condition. They start to look through it to see, and it has like who she's been seeing, what she's been doing. It's like a great clue for them of mm-hmm. what her last few days were, except the last few pages have been ripped out of it. What? Yeah. Like somebody tore them out. And the other weird thing is that the seat of the car is pushed really far back. Like, she couldn't have been... She couldn't have sat in it and driven. Is she burnt in it? Is she... No, it's just the car. It's just the car with her planner. Okay. Correct. So they start, like, a crazy search in Mesa County, and they're looking for everywhere, hundreds of miles. Wow. It's really tricky search area. They break it into, like, all these different little areas, and they're sending people out on foot. They're diving in bodies like they're doing everything they can to find her right what they do end up finding is about 15 miles from where that car was on the side of the fucking road they find her checkbook they find <gasps> like her blockbuster card or whatever i don't know some video store card i assume it's blockbuster r.i.p so then the investigators look at her cell phone and they figure out who was calling her that whole day right she's been getting a million calls so it belongs like the f- the um, last number she called was this guy that says his name's Jim, but he doesn't recognize the name Paige. He knew her by a different name. He knew by her by the name Carrie. <gasps> How does she spell it, though? <laughs> Not like you. <laughs> the family, meanwhile, is like, hey, do you want her computer? Like, they, like, have been to her house now and are like... They're trying to help the police. They're like, guys, get it together. (laughs) And so they give the police the computer. And between these weird calls and the stuff they find on the computer, they start to slowly realize she had... A double life. Double life. Sort of. It's like they they call it that in every article, like a double life, because it's so, like, sexy fun to call it that. Really, she just had a secret job. <laughs> like, What was her secret job? So in addition to... Brain dance and <laughs> pampered chef. Yeah. That doesn't really cut it financially once she has... Uh, she's on her own supporting all these kids. So she had ads on like a high profile escort service. She became a sex worker. Yes, but it seems like if you look at the um the ads that were actually placed, the stuff that she offers is stripping, dancing, role playing, topless and nude massage. So I don't think she's actually um But that's still sex work stuff. 
Okay, you still call that a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Her fake name on it is Carrie. <gasps> Go, girl! And they were, I think why this, this story sort of got a lot of press is that the DA was like, I've never seen someone in 20 years from this socioeconomic level doing this. Like, wow. she was like a soccer mom that, like, the kids went to, you know. It's like a weed situation, yes. except she's... Wow. So it's a really provocative story in yeah. that way where people are like, whoa. And that's why it becomes like double life where it's like, it's so surprising that you were doing this. It's not that a we double life. She just, double hid, life. she just hid her other job from everybody. Yeah. Right. No one knew. Her friends didn't know. Her family didn't know. They're pretty good about finding out. Like they're not, they're, I mean, her they daughter's They just want her missing. back safe. Yeah. It completely. I mean, I think her, what does her dad say? He said, I would have counseled her. That, that strikes me as dangerous. It also doesn't sound totally moral. Um, what a dad answer. You know who does know that she does this? Ron? And Rob. Oh, okay. They both know. So it's not as top secret as some people are making it out to I wouldn't want my be. angry ex-husband who's threatened to kill me to know about that. Oh, well, okay. I get that, but... Um, but you know, to each their own. There's to no each sh- their own. To, and I kind of like that her boyfriend knows he. Yeah, for sure. He's like whatever. She was doing what she needed to do to support her kids. Yeah, I don't think there's any problem in that. I just wouldn't tell the guy who beat you up like any information about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> especially where like identities are faked and things like well, that. Well, his sister, Callie, knew also because yeah. I guess uh, a few years ago she was like Paige where are you getting all this money and Paige was like oh I've been stripping at the Mile High Saloon um, she was 21 at the time and was making $400,000 a year way more <sighs> than you and I make combined so we might need to Patreon subscribers is that something you want us to offer <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say let's call think... the Mile High Saloon but <laughs> do sure. you think we should offer that as a Patreon level, we'd get non-listeners for sure. For <laughs> sure, we'd get non-listeners. I mean, look, $400,000. She was not going to see figures like that at Pampered Chef. Dance Brain or whatever it's brain called. Brain Dance or Pampered Chef. Are you kidding? The person who created Pampered Chef isn't seeing that kind of salary. <laughs> so the DA is like, probably one of her clients killed her. That's probably what happened so then they're looking to her cell phone they're trying to contact anybody that she was in contact with and they're looking at all her clients and uh who was she gonna maybe see later that day or did she see recently and they see that this guy jim had left a couple calls on the phone most of them were the day she disappeared he'd called her a couple days before then it's a lot of calls there's also this guy george coraluzzo who's a 30 year old house painter who called Paige 20 times mm. the day she disappeared. He also left town two days afterwards quickly. Okay. That's suspicious. So it ends up that after looking at who Jim is, he's not Jim, it turns out. He's giving a fake name, too. He's actually a 56-year-old father of two named Lester Ralph Jones. And one of the last conversations she had was with someone using a throwaway phone. And he had they one? They think they have surveillance of what looks like it might be him at a local Walmart buying this phone. And he's they a get father warrants. of two? Yeah. Oh, God. They get warrants. They conduct searches of his home where he lives with his third wife. 
and they go through all this shit. They won't tell anybody like right away like what they found, but they're the really crazy thing that happens is search dogs lead investigators from her burned car across the street to an RV shop and that's where he works as a mechanic across from where that car burned. This evidence is growing. They look at his work locker and inside he's got all these notes on escorts he sees, like their bust size and just like notes about them, um, what kind of sex they agree to. And he's got costumes for him, like wigs, male wigs. He also has Viagra pills. We're not going to condemn the man for that. Maybe he has a heart condition that he uses it for. That's why it was made. Oh, I didn't know that. They were making like for blood thinners and stuff to help for heart attacks. And it's a bonus was it gave dudes boners and they were like, wait a minute, we can make way more money. Huh. Mm-hmm. My, my aunt takes Viagra because of a heart oh God, condition. That's so funny. She must be so embarrassed when she goes and picks it up. She loves it. My, it's oh, it's, it's my, like her my, favorite joke. Our family, she's like, yeah, I'm on Viagra. Oh, cute. I, there's, you know, on that side of the family, very little shame. So he does have a criminal record. He, there were two incidents involving one of his exes. In one of them, he threatened to t- kill her. And he also served three years in prison after pleading guilty to a kidnapping and assault charge, which... This is not looking good. No, it's not chill. So George Coraluzzo and Lester Ralph Jones are like their best ideas. Then five years, but <laughs> five years. Five years? Well, listen, they didn't find her. Then they found her. And you it makes can't a big fucking difference you... when you don't have a body. It's just a huge deal because you can't you prove can't shit. You can't do anything. Fuck. So five years, a hiker comes across partial human remains in a gully in its page. And oh. it's they can find part of her jaw. So there's teeth so they can get an ID on it. Um, and there's clues because, like, the some of the bones they find are fractured. So they're like, we think somebody beat her up. Um but there they can't seems determine to be, cause of death, can they? Because it's five years. Right. There's duct tape. Um, but the fact that they are like, we think you were bound. We think you were beat. Um, they're they're getting pieces of a story now, at least. Right. And then and they realize. for the family. And then they realize all the stuff they found, remember, on the highway, like the checkbook yeah. in the, that didn't make any sense. If you were getting kidnapped, that's a really smart thing to do. Because you are, like, throwing your identity on the road to be, like, this is the way we were driving. or right. And it's, like, a sneaky thing you can maybe do without the driver noticing that you're, like, clue, clue, clue. Wow. Um, which is, like, just... Pro tip. Pro tip, but, like, when you put your brain there, you're, like... That's so scary that you'd be in a car and you'd be like, let me sneak my Blockbuster card out the window so that someone will find it on the side of a highway and know that I went this, like, breadcrumbing it, like Hansel and Gretel style, while you're, like, afraid for your life. Fuck. Also, I know you just said closure for the family. They can't give them the body because the case is still open. I know, but at least they know where she is. Like, yeah, they know she died, which is not what they wanted. But she, her, she was missing. Like, they didn't know if she was alive or dead or. Yeah. Just as far as timing goes, this is right around the time they also figure out that guy George has an alibi. So okay. now they're like, guess who we like? Lester. So Lester, remember, was making calls, we think, with that track phone. Lester was doing 
everything wrong and was in the RV. Wait, you don't even know how much he did wrong. They're like, so we think we have this footage of you at Walmart buying this phone. And he's like, I was not at the Walmart at all. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you were a look. And he, isn't that you? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, though, I, I, uh, I was buying a soda. And they're like, no, no, you weren't. And he's like, I was buying a um, uh, monster cable. And they're like, um, <laughs> look, dude, like, we were buying this phone. This must have been the easiest in- interrogation. Yeah. Sounds very wait, easy. Wait, it's even easier than that. Because then they seize his cars to search them, don't find really anything, and then are like, call him on the phone to be like, we're done with your cars. You can come pick them up. And this is the conversation. You're going to die. Art Smith is the sergeant, and he says, Mr. Jones? Jones says, yes, sir. This is Art Smith with the sheriff's office, just calling to let you know that we have both your cars ready for you and your wife. And then there's something redacted or missing because the next thing is the sergeant saying, Mr. Jones, I'm not following you. And Jones says, you ask me where I'd bury a body. And Sergeant Smith says, I'm sorry? And Jones says, you ask me where I should bury a body. And Sergeant Smith says, when did I ask you that? And Jones goes, um, Sergeant Smith goes, Mr. Jones, are you there? (laughs) So I read this conversation and I was like, oh my God, this guy's really, he's too old to be doing this or something. Like, get it together. Oh my God. He's confused. Also, it's been five years ago. He's like, the statute of limitations. No, now it's seven. Now it's seven that this is all. This timeline is fucked. This is 2014. He's arrested in 2014. Seven years later. Seven years later. Charged with her murder. Charged with her kidnapping. He doesn't act surprised when they go get him. They're like, you're under arrest. Doesn't ask why. Puts his hands behind his back. Well, he's been arrested before. I think he knows the gig. Yeah, they set bail at two million. You hear that, listeners? million. One thing I really like about the court hearing, on December 2nd in court, one of Paige's friends is there. And as she walks by Lester Jones in the court, she calls him a piece of crap killer. <laughs> and the judge finds her in contempt of court and she has to apologize and face 24 hours of community service. Um, and... But the whole thing is, like, can we put the case before the jurors? Because, and they're all like, we didn't hear anything. So it's fine. But it's, like, really funny that she's, that like. she had to do 24 hours of her friend. Uh, it was worth it, I'm sure. Totally worth it. Um, but there's no direct evidence still, remember? Like, right. it's all it's sort all of circumstantial. circumstantial yeah. yeah. So then they talked to Lester's wife about the week that Paige went missing. She was out of town till the 30th. And every night that she was out of town, he was looking at porn well into the evening, except the night that Paige vanished on the 28th. Wow. And then when the wife gets home on the 30th, he's like, oh, uh, I left the lights on at work. I got to go. I'll be right back. And he leaves from like 9 to 10 at night. That and at like 10 at night is when they get the call that, oh, there's this car on fire. Right by his work. So he that he was leaving. Too far. He had to be close so he could get in his car and leave, you know. Well, remember the seat was so far back? Yeah. He's like six foot five. So he got in the oh, car to. Oh, shit. Yeah. Also, when they look further at some of his stuff that they find in his office, they find a Pampered Chef logo on like a scale he has. 
So it feels like he maybe took that from her car. They find a vehicle ashtray that might have been from her vehicle. He's just like, oh, cool, I'll take this ashtray. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, but also, like, he got away with it for seven years. Or he got away Get ready. from it for longer because he got... Ugh. It's a six-week trial. The jury's deadlocked. They no. totally all think he's guilty, but the reasonable doubt thing is, like, still tricky because of the evidence. And they rule it a mistrial. So then they're, they have a second trial, and it ends around, like, Christmas 2016. And this jury, thank God, reaches the verdict of guilty. Look, he gets life in prison without parole... And this, now could, this can't be the first person he's killed. Oh, interesting. I don't yeah. think he is. I think this guy or he's he's done some fucking other shit besides yeah. just beat that chick. Yeah. So the kids, I think, spend time with their dad, time with their grandma. But they're old, actually. I guess the daughter, by the time all this happens, she's eight when her mom goes missing. She's like 17 when she testifies. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. So sad. And it's because this mom just, like, wanted a life for her kids. She didn't do anything wrong. She did nothing wrong. It's this fucking Lester. And don't ever name a kid Lester. Unless it's a family name. No, just don't do it. Okay. It's a terrible... It rhymes with molester. I wouldn't name a kid Chester. Nor would you name a kid Lester. Okay. Is there any Esters? I would... I, an Esther's Esther, kind of cute. It's not terrible. Yeah. Um, it's my turn, and I'm going to give you the sources I used first and see if you can guess what I'm going to do for you. Fun. Today. Wikipedia. Any guesses? <laughs> the movie Cats. <laughs> That's it. Oh. James Corden once said. No. Um, <laughs> Wikipedia. Ocean Science. Live Science. The Conversation. Marine Insights. History.com. And Business Insider. Um, is it the Bermuda Triangle? Yes. Cool. Do you know about the Bermuda Triangle? Have you heard of it? I mean, I actually know about it from the Adams family. So this is right on. It's on brand. Because don't remember when the uncle is missing or something and they thought that he went to the Bermuda Triangle? Yes. I don't know. Um, my, before I, okay, so I wanted to do this one because I was like, I, I really, Obviously, we all know the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, which I like because I thought that was just the name of my vagina. But, <laughs> but I always thought of the Bermuda Triangle. I think there was a cartoon in the 90s where, like, a plane, it's like a black, I always thought of it as a black hole. That's been my mm-hmm. understanding of it, and I don't, I never understood what actually was going on with it. So here we go. The exact perimeters of the triangle vary. However, what we do know is that the three points are Florida, so Miami specifically, and it goes to Bermuda and then to San Juan, Puerto Rico. The reason why it says the size varies because apparently there are certain parts that are included, so maybe it isn't a direct triangle, but I guess the span of the space is either like 500,000 square foot miles or 1.5 million square miles. So like, (laughs) I said square foot miles. Dumb blonde. So I think, so basically like the area is quite large, um, but varies depending on what is being included or not. A lot of amateur cartographers we got going on here. So what do we know about the Bermuda Triangle? It's about a number of aircrafts and ships disappear or something has happened to them that are mysterious circumstances that can't totally be explained. What you need to know about the Bermuda Triangle area is that it's among the most heavily traveled 
shipping lanes in the world. So still to this day, ships pass in and out, cruises, planes, like it's a very populated, dense travel area. So just as far as percentages go, maybe it's not that weird. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. I will say, (laughs) because you've brought it up, that the amount of like missing airplanes, ships don't really differ in terms of like the percentage here and elsewhere. Right. So the first time the Bermuda Triangle was named as such is 1964. It was in a magazine. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all of the stories that I could find. And I'm sure there are more, but here are just a select few. The one that kicked us off into like the mysterious vibe, it happened on December 5th, 1945. So it's at the end of, you know, World War Two. Yeah, that's history. It's the end of World War II. <laughs> um, and there was a, a military base, and they were they were doing a train man flight of five aircraft. So they're like the small aircrafts in formation, and they're torpedo guys. The flight leader could be heard saying in the radio, we are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green. No, white. Every, everything looks strange, even the ocean. And then no one heard from them again. Cool. I mean, sorry. Not cool, but... Spooky. Spooky scary. Some officials of the Navy board kind of like to to explain it or how they describe it as like they just like flew off to Mars, essentially. Like they flew off the face of the Earth. No one could hear from them. And so what happened was is when the planes never returned to the base, they sent out another plane to look for them. There were like 13 people on that plane. They had a ton of fuel with them. And... When they left, that plane also disappeared. Some crew, um, this Florida tanker, reported seeing a huge explosion. Whoa. But when people went to go check on it, there was no debris, nothing, nothing could be found. Okay. So a couple things that could explain this is a lot of people are like, okay, these were like really heavy Airplane equipment, you know, think about cars in the 1950s. Airplanes, that metal was real, so people think it sunk right away. But it's still surprising that there's just no debris, nothing, no oil slicks. Their theory for the missing five planes, there was a captain who was training the four other people. His name was Charles Taylor, and apparently he had a history of getting lost. This was just something they knew about him, (laughs) and apparently it got... so funny. (laughs) That they sent him, and the four people he was training didn't know what the fuck they were doing so they're like following this guy it gets dark the weather changes and the navy is kind of like oh, we think it's this guy charles taylor like we're, we're don't follow charles Everyone but they that. sent charles out here you go and why because like, oh, they didn't see the weather was going to change and they wouldn't have done that still just give a history. charles a different job charles probably shouldn't be manning flights just in my humble opinion. <laughs> Do you know how crazy that sounds? To be like, this is his job, but he was real known for getting lost. It was after the war. They didn't care. They just won the Second World War. They're like, I, I, I don't have time. We've lost a lot of really good men here. And if we're, Charles is just going to train him. We're not going to put him in combat, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, some people believe that when he got lost, that they don't carry a lot of gas in these planes, mm-hmm. so it quickly ran out of fuel and crashed all five of them. But the fact that five planes crashed and there's no evidence anywhere and they cannot find them is peculiar. Okay, yeah. The other plane that went to go find them, 
that plane actually was kind of shoddy back in the day. And because they were going on a search and rescue mission, they took a shit ton of gas um, and fuel. Apparently there was some vapors leaking and that went up in a huge explosion. So that answers that situation. Since the five planes disappeared off the face of the earth, 25 small planes have disappeared while passing through the Bermuda Triangle. Never seen again, no wreckage. So that could either mean that this phenomenon keeps keeps happening or we're clearly missing something where they're all just sinking very quickly to the bottom of the ocean. When the Bermuda Triangle is identified in this magazine, a lot of stories then became attributed to the Bermuda Triangle. In 1881, there's the legend of the ghost ships. The Ellen Austin is the name of the ship, which... What a great name. A group of sailors are on a ship and they see this kind of ship appear and it's foggy and it's completely abandoned. But there's cargo materials, like all this stuff. There's so much supplies on the ship. Mm -hmm. So the captain kind of rolls up next to it and they wait a little while. It's calm. And the crew then goes into that ship And right away, these calm seas turn insane and a huge storm happens and the ships are separated. When the storm is over and the captain goes back to the ship. It's gone and so are the dudes. The ship is still there, but the dudes are all gone. Oh, shit. I didn't see that coming. That's scary. So scary, right? Oh, I really like that. I really like that too. Legend of the ship. It's the ghost ship. Yeah, legend of the ghost ship. I should have just done the story on that, huh? (laughs) You just did. It's a very short story. Another um, event is in 1895, Joshua Slocum is the first man to sail a solo trip around the world. And he was on his the leg from Martha's Vineyard to South Africa. Sounds nice. Sounds like a lovely trip. Lonely. Lonely. Oh, by himself. It's a, I did say solo trip. That means alone. If you're Got not it. familiar, that means by yourself. <laughs> but it doesn't sound fun. Like, I, I would do it with you. I don't know how to sail, though. So I, I think we should... We should invite a sailor. We should we invite go. a sailor. Anyway, he disappeared, but that was within the Bermuda Triangle that he disappeared. The USS Cyclops is one of the largest loss of life's... Is one of the is an accident is a shipwreck with the largest <laughs> loss of life in a in the U.S. not related to combat. Got it. So no fighting, just dying. Everyone died. That's it. It's like for nothing. On March fourth, nineteen eighteen. So this is still before Bermuda Tribal was identified. The ship disappeared without a trace. It was carrying manganese ore which is a metal and I assume very heavy, a crew of 309 people died. There's no trace of the ship. And this is a big fucking carrier. 309 people lived on it and it was carrying metal. Some people believe that it was like too heavy and it just got overloaded. Just sunk. Just sunk after it left port. Yeah, I gotta say, one thing we know, the ocean is crazy. The ocean is We can't find so anything scary. in we there. We can't find anything in there. we still are finding things that we're like, what? The, the wizards? That, honestly, the fact that we found the Titanic... Is nuts. ...is insanity. But what's also weird is that this USS Cyclops had two sister ships, and both of those were also lost in the Bermuda Triangle. They were also carrying ore, so it's possible the same thing happened to all three. No one's still. learning a lesson. No one's learning a lesson. No one knows what's going on with that Bermuda Triangle, okay? Carol A. Deering is the name of a ship, and it had five crew members, and it crashed into the rocks in North Carolina at a port, 
and no one was in it in 1921. Oh, it was just fucking empty. It was just fucking empty. That is like the empty ships That's weird so me scary. more than the missing ships for sure. <laughs> like a ship just showing up and being like, none of us are here anymore. That is a riddle to me. It's scary. I like it. So there's rumors of piracy. It was 1921, so it was during Prohibition. So people are like, Would there you was... do that? You'd come aboard and steal everything and kill everyone and then be like, Take all of its spoils and then... Wouldn't they know that? Wouldn't they, like, be like, this ship is missing things that it should have? Because if you were going to pirate the fuck out of a ship, you'd Shouldn't be, like, like, stripped down to their bones. Yeah, a couple... Like, take the wheel. Those are cool for your wall or your nursery. I would think there'd be clues that would point to piracy other than everyone being gone. Also, it was 1921, as I said, so it was during Prohibition, so they were doing illegal rumming. Which I love that that's a verb, to rum. Oh, I can't wait to rum. The Star Tiger and the Star Ariel are two planes that disappeared in 1948 and 49, respectively, in the Triangle. Star Tiger disappeared January 30th, 1948, and that just disappeared. No one could find anything. The Star Ariel also disappeared just shy of a year later. Both were passenger aircrafts that were operated by the British South American Airways. And something of note was that they were small enough where they were going. They were just at their edge of like what they should be able to carry or go the distance for. So they could have feasibly run out of fuel, which feels like this happened twice. And you were like, ah, it could happen again. Let's give it another go. There's a couple more. September 26, 1955, a yacht was found south of Bermuda. The crew vanished, but the yacht remained at sea. And this was in the midst of three hurricanes. So it's possible that the boat survived, but every other crew member died in the hurricane, which still feels weird to me that the boat lasts. I'm like, I would go in the bottom of the boat. Motion sickness be damned. It just seems like they would find bodies. Right? The SS Marine Sulphur Queen, that's a hard name to say. In 1963, that tanker ship that was carrying 39 passengers and molten sulphur, you guessed it, was disappeared. And after two weeks of searching, they only found a few pieces of debris and life preservers. Nothing else. 1967, there was a 590-foot cargo ship named Sylvia L. Osa, that had 37 people on board. It was a 590-foot ship. The ship was never detected. It sunk. No one could find it. Again, some debris, life preservers, and one lifeboat was found. Also in 1967, a boat named, you guessed it, Witchcraft. On a 23-foot luxury yacht, they get one mile off ashore, and they call the Coast Guard, and they're like, hey, we hit something. We're going to need a tow back. 19 minutes later, the Coast Guard goes out. And nothing is there. There's no evidence of everything. There's no oil slip. Nothing. 19 minutes. 1973, uh, pilot Irving Rivers was on a solo flight. Weather was calm. And a mile before his landing, they saw his signal lights go out a mile before he was supposed to land. He disappeared. And he was found. But his plane wasn't. (laughs) We are littering in the ocean either, like, so much. Yeah, I think that's the case. You think we're just, I mean, we know that to be the case. I think it's just all metal at the bottom of the sea at this point. Okay, so I'm going to go through some of the theories. Some people just say, like, compass problems that were attributed to the magnetic field in parts of that area. It either goes, the compass could go to true north or magnetic north. You're going to hear a lot of people that are, like, people that just want to search for conspiracy love this story. One of the guys who covers all of these stories 
is like known for not telling a lot of real life information. So some people think it's like paranormal activity and a lot of them attribute it to Atlantis. Oh, cool. Which I love. I do like that. I mean, who doesn't love like a mysterious city of Atlantis right outside of the Bahamas? And apparently they think that Atlantis uses crystal energies to sink ships and planes. Crystal energies? Crystal energies. Well, we all know crystals have energies. I just wonder which ones are the sinking Probably ones. not rose quartz because that's for love. And I don't think that's chill. Okay. So we're narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger's eye? All right. No, let's move on. <laughs> I'm going to say onyx is a part of it. Okay. Okay. Some Noted. believe in aliens, that it's UFOs just plucking them out of the sky, doing some alien abducting. Could what, be from below. Could be from above. Yeah, well, that's what I loved about it is, well, they're capturing humans just for study because they're curious about us. And so they come to our uh, planet bye. and they're like, I'd love to just, it's what we do to the ocean. Aliens are doing to us. And they're using their underwater alien base. Oh, they have an underwater base. Like you said, from below. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, Atlantis is below. How do they work that out with them? I don't know if Atlantis and the aliens have a conversation. I don't know who's colonizing what. You know what I mean? Like, it's a hard... You don't have all the facts is what I'm hearing. I hate... You know, I hate saying that I don't have the facts on this show. And I will say I don't have all the facts. Okay. Especially about Atlantis and aliens. It I takes feel... a big woman with bangs to admit <laughs> that she doesn't have all the facts. Thank you for noticing. You, <laughs> with my new bangs, I'm humble... People think, obviously, there's some vortexes, you know what I mean? Time portals that suck objects into other dimensions. Obviously, there's no proof of that unless we ask our dear friend from a couple episodes back. Andrew. Andrew. He knows what's up. He, I would be He's probably been to Atlantis. He's probably been to Atlantis. He's been Obama's to the Obama's been there with him. For sure, a thousand percent. Some people, I really liked this, was they called it ocean flatulence. Oh my god, I love that. Just the ocean farts? It's just the ocean farted? It's, Why would that totally <laughs> fuck up all these planes and ships? What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, listen, he who smelt it dealt it, ocean. And it's the ocean, baby. It's just like a little feet. It feels like Moana. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like an ocean fart is like Moana being like, take care of your planet. Um Methane gas that gets below the surface of the ocean erupts, and it's highly flammable. Mm -hmm. And so if it contacts um, the planes, it would combust and then destroy them. Ocean farts. Ocean farts. Very cool. Rogue tidal waves. Sure. Fine. Um, But again, a tidal wave for a plane feels like a really high tidal wave. The disruption in the geomagnetic lines of flux... I will That's not explain that anymore. Okay, I will not right. explain You're that You're just going to do a list of words for that? Think of it. Fine. It's a disruption in the geomagnetic lines of flux. Oh, I heard you. In that the magnet part of the world... Go on. It's faulty. And they need to call the Geek Squad to get out there. But every time they send the Geek Squad, they get sunk. Usually the easiest explanation is the right explanation. Occam's Razor. Is that Malcolm's Razor? That's Occam's Razor. I don't know what that is. Um, what you just said. It's just... <laughs> the easiest thing is the right is thing. Is the right thing. Which is the antithesis of this show. Because we're like, what can we say that's cool that and creepy and speakery and fun? This guy, Larry Koosh, who's the author of The Bermuda Triangle Mystery, Solved. He wrote it in 1975, and he just 
kind of goes into town about documentation of these incidents and how false they are and inaccuracies and that they're embellished and they're just trying to feed a narrative that's fun and salacious, which I'm here for. We're here for it. I'm here for. And like I said earlier, some of the things were that the number of ships and airplanes that went missing, if we're looking at per capita, it's pretty on par with the rest of the world. There were tropical cyclones and other storms that were often not mentioned in the stories that were written, which would really explain um, inclement weather, obviously, for a ship is dangerous. The ship would disappear, and then they would write about it, and like it never was seen again. But then when the ship would eventually come back to port or they would find something, these stories were not updated. So they were kind of living in just like the first part of the story and never resolved if anything were to change. The most recent interesting piece of information that I think is pertinent to the validity of the Bermuda Triangle is in 1992 there was a show and they interviewed this insurance market, Lloyd's of London, and they confirmed that when they send ships through the Bermuda Triangle that they do not charge higher insurance for that area. (laughs) Like they don't, they're not like, oh no, you're going through the Bermuda Triangle. We're so worried. It's more dangerous. And I guess there was a list of top 10 most dangerous waterways or travel areas. And the Bermuda Triangle is nowhere near that list. I hate to debunk a Bermuda Triangle because I do have always imagined like the world zipping open and having like a little piece of space and just accidentally, like, flying in there. And mm-hmm. that's fun to imagine. Well, maybe that still exists. Maybe it's that's just still not in the there. world. That's just not where it is. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to ask Andrew. And that's the story of the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Or the Devil's Triangle. Love it. Or leave it. Or <gasps> both. Take a little bit more of it. You know? <laughs> Visit it. Visit on it. On your next holiday. Yeah. Seems like a great thing to do. I also, the amount of cruise ships that go from, like... Miami to Bermuda and Puerto Rico are so many. Do you know how many commercial cruise ships, like how many friends in high school that went on cruises were just like hanging out in the Bermuda Triangle? Well, did they come back with braids? I'm just curious. Always. Oh, that's so good. With the beads at the end. Oh, yeah. They were like, I picked purple and yellow. Yeah. The worst was when your friend got cornrows. And we didn't know it at the time. <laughs> like, we didn't know. And, and and these friends, I want to say, specifically are white. And they'd oh, come back yeah. and their, like, parts and their white scalps were, like, just bright red and peeling. So and they, burned. And they never... Because nobody wants to put sunscreen on the parts, you know? Oh, God, That's always gross. the worst. Oh, a scalp like, A little paintbrush. Like... <laughs> God, what a time to be alive. And then they take it out and have like a fun perm, a crimp for like a day. Or it just looked greasy from all the sunscreen that was just stuck in it. (laughs) I should do some hair wraps though. Maybe next. Oh, I forgot about hair wraps. Those I feel like were, were, were okay. Am I wrong? I, yeah, I think you're wrong. I mean, I think, um. They were okay in terms of appropriation. Oh, I see. Like, I think box braids Because you're not rows. sure what that would have been appropriating. I think it is appropriating. Regardless, yeah. it's not okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you one in your sleep, and we're going to see who's boss. I let you give me a haircut. I did, and it looks great. And then I let you give yourself a haircut. I don't know how I feel about it. Will you please say what the family's reaction was, please? <laughs> My siblings read me to food. 
Oof. So I sent it to my mom. My mom was like, I love it. Like I said earlier, I think I just didn't finish this conversation earlier. And I called my sister and her face immediately was like, you know that feeling when you're shocked, but you're also laughing? I'm doing it for when my sister was like, oh, oh, oh. And she was like, are you serious? Are you serious? Are those real? I don't know who I'm talking to. Is that real? Is that or is that really your hair? And I go, yeah. And she goes, because I see on TikTok people making it up all the time. Is that really your hair? I go, yeah. And she goes, wow, I'm not used to this. And I kept laughing because I was like, you have no poker face. You hate it. She's like, this is just scaring me because I don't know who I'm talking to. It's so different. And then she was like, did you want it to look that way? <laughs> <laughs> and then she called my brother and he goes... Did you do that yourself? <laughs> Which is, like, not something you want to hear when you pay someone to get your hair cut. Nope. It does change a lot, the bangs. It does. What do you think? Give me your honest review. I think you look 31. No, I like You can't steal them. from my mom. I like them. Thanks, Quinn. You know what? I don't know if I'm going to keep them or not. I think... Getting a crazy haircut. I think it's also just good to do changes. Yeah, I might not keep it forever, but I think well, why no not keeps bangs forever? Some people do. Who has had bangs forever? Sociopaths. <laughs> You're right. I'm right. When I'm right, I'm right. I put uh, over-the-counter dye in my hair, black hair dye, for a Halloween costume one year because I just wasn't thinking that much about it, and I was like, it's washout, so it'll just wash out. It never but my does. hair's pretty light-colored. I had black hair for, I don't know, nine months. Holy black shit. hair. I'll when show you a picture. This? You're going to be like, what in the world were you thinking? You have such pretty color hair. Quinn is looking at me right now like I couldn't be more wrong. I am having trouble taking compliments lately. I got to... Uh... Well, you probably... I find I don't take compliments ever, but I find that I don't take compliments when I don't feel great about myself and people are saying it to me and I'm like... You can't possibly feel that way because I don't feel that way. Yeah, I think I've been feeling like a a garbage pail stuffed with a baby lately. So, like, anything positive that comes out of someone's mouth, I'm like, ah, go fuck yourself. I don't need your lies to make me feel better. (laughs) All I know is I gave a stellar haircut, and I think that's all. I think that's what we should end on. 